back to the third episode of Something in the Crumb. Uh, this is Unsung Kim and Kim Lin. And just as we stated, uh, I think in the previous episode, or in case we haven't, we are going to continue with a theme of discussing various different dramas. And this one, um, we wanted to talk about uh, the drama that basically came right after Something in the Rain um, called One Spring Night. And we're very excited because it's a great opportunity to talk about hate watching. Yeah. <laughs> um, we were, you know, I mean, I think when I initially um, suggested that Unsung should watch it, it was because we were, you know, feeling the loss of the end of something in the rain. It had been a, been a couple of years and we're like, hey, what is filling this void? Um, and essentially, I was like, oh, here's a new show that is by the same creators of Something in the Rain. Surely it'll be just as good, emotionally compelling, like these complicated characters. And uh, it was a relative disappointment, <laughs> but we'll, you know, we'll get into it. Um, maybe you want to talk a bit about what the premise is. Yeah, and I should also say, I should be, we should also begin by saying like, we thought that this was a, good opportunity to talk about many different things but also kind of touch on like um why knockoffs or sequels or kind of like things that are extended extended culturally oftentimes fail which is basically how you can think of hollywood like the endless sequels oh, yes. the endless sort of like nostalgia for the thing like that came right before you know like the duplicate really doesn't work just doesn't work not that we don't admire, uh, you know, the kind of replicant or the knockoff in a different kind of sense, but <laughs> for, for, for mass, yeah. um, for mass, we're like all about Chanel knockoffs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we don't think you should buy the real thing. That's not what we're advocating. Secondary markets only. But, it, it, um, but there is, you know, essentially, there are a lot of parallels between this show. And something in the rain but even just from a very basic production standpoint um many of the actors from something in the rain also appear in this series playing slight variations of themselves if you will yes so the premise of one spring night is that there's a main character who is a librarian and she happens to meet a pharmacist and they ain't that the way it goes yes so in in our in the fantasy you're a librarian and you meet a pharmacist <laughs> i was like only an asian came up with this story <laughs> and uh you know they she has a boyfriend actually she has a boyfriend who is from who's wealthier etc cetera, etc cetera. but her and the pharmacist end up being really pulled to each other even though he knows that she ha she has a boyfriend uh mm -hmm. so the premise is that it started off a little bit illicitly and also it turns out that he is a single parent he has a son and that's part of what drives the drama of the show is that um, 
he's a single parent and there's a stigma around single parenting, but also what does it mean for, for, for them to be together when he's sort of, he's been alone the entire time. So it's not just that structurally there's stigma, it's just the other kind of emotional aspects to that. And then very quickly, um, the parts that I think Kim and I found the most interesting were all of the side characters or the sort of secondary mm-hmm. characters. Like she has two sisters. One is she works in broadcast TV as like an anchor journalist mm-hmm. or news anchor, news anchor, and a younger sister who basically is unemployed the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think she goes to college or recently went to college. In she, France. Yeah, like she was in France for some reason. Um, but no one really knows what she does. And she mostly just kind of mooches off of her sisters. And, and comes around and and um, has outbursts once in a while. Yes, but yes. very much unemployed. <laughs> Maybe kind of proudly unemployed the entire time. No shame. I mean, <laughs> we can talk about the through line of, Capitalism, capitalism yeah. in this yeah. show and the ways it manifests. It's actually kind of amazing. She's a great example. Right. Of this. <laughs> so the, the, but the, the, the character that we found to be really interesting, the, the old, I think the only really interesting character is the anchor woman who yes. it turns out has an incredibly violent and abusive husband that she is been trying she's she's been planning a divorce from him documenting the abuse the bruises the physical violence and uh and towards the end actually finds out she's pregnant um and this the pregnancy was the cause was the result of a was her was the result of her being assaulted essentially by her husband uh but she decides to go ahead with the divorce anyway even though everyone around her, her family member, or her parents in particular, their parents, kind of believe that that's just not possible because you need two parents, apparently, to raise a child. So we hear from the show. So we hear from the the show. Uh, Are there other side characters or the plot that you want to discuss before we begin? Um, I mean, there are... The fathers are really um, the father of both the uh, of our lead character, the librarian, um, and the father of her current boyfriend or her first, you know, the original boyfriend are kind of bizarre um, compliments to each other in a way. But her father is particularly like pathetic. so, yeah, so pathetic, so horrible. Um, and I think that this, you know, I think we should talk a bit about the difference between, because in something in the rain, it's the mother that Mm -hmm. is the really like triggering, intense, abusive parental figure. And when we see similar, um, behaviors, but in the patriarchal figure, like how it manifests in such a, a different way. And it's, it's, it was even harder, of to course, watch. to watch it um, yeah. when, yeah, when we see how he kind of reacts to this relationship and how self-interested he is and 
um, and the things that he is willing to ignore um, for just like, it, you know, it's just like in a, in a way that is so unbelievably abusive and it, it goes on for so long. Right. And I think at a certain point, you know, you're just like, I don't even know how we can continue to watch this because this person is so terrible. I texted Kim so often to be like, <laughs> I can't watch this anymore. I give up. It's too painful. Uh, it's and, and So maybe we can actually begin by talking about the men of the show first because I don't think that there's that much to say. And then we can I kind mean, of they're all, they're all trash. They're, they're all, all trash. They're all trash. bags on the show, like through and through, other than the pharmacist. And the pharmacist's father is also relatively But nice. I, I think that we could actually touch on how the pharmacist, too, becomes this kind of, like, exceptional victim figure. Yes. Uh, and who, who's, like, who's, who's like flat. Like, he's, like, a flat character because he's supposed to be, like, the one good guy or something. Yeah. He also is kind of miscast, you know, in totally. a way that I think he's, like, a great actor and he was perfect in something in the rain but for some reason in this particular role like you know I think that they want someone to embody a kind of um both like intense strength and a kind of sensitivity and I think you know throughout the series he's like kind of shown to be someone that's like a very caring father and like not as aggressive as some of the other men and then they try to like make him someone that's like tougher and like kind of threatening this other guy. And like, it just becomes less and less believable in a way mm -hmm. that again, it's like you have to adopt this sort of like aggressive way of existing in the world in order to kind of survive in these relationships with these other men. All of the men though are like unbelievably bad, <laughs> like unbelievably bad from the abusive husband um, who also, for some reason, is kind of, like, friends with the librarian's, you know, gross, like, rich boyfriend or whatever. And the two of them, like, it's basically a lot of meals of men getting together trying to determine, like, other women's lives. You know, like, they just, like, meet up, they eat this food, and they're just like, a decision has been made. Like, you will not get a divorce. Uh, you are going to get married. You're going to set a date now here's your job. You're going to get a new job. You know, like it's basically, they just like make a lot of decisions together, but no one else is ever at that table other than just these terrible men. Yes. Uh, as Kim was saying this, cause we're, we're, we're watching the show or we're watching an episode. I'm just noticing just how horrible the dress is once again, uh, uh, we will get to this later, but I, so a few things about the pharmacist, and then, and then let's say a few more things about the father and then just move on, <laughs> move on, move on.org. Move um, on.org. So the pharmacist is, it, it, he is like this, as Kim mentioned, the same guy as something in the rain. And I think in something in the rain, he was like, so kind of, he's supposed to come off as like very handsome and cute and attractive. And in this series, He's the guy, Every all of the women around him consistently say, you're the type of guy no woman likes because <laughs> uh, he lends his friends money and has no expectations that anyone would pay it back. He's kind of a pushover. So he's like Mr. Pushover, as in like, he's just like doing things for women who are just kind of not in his life. And it's very confusing. Like the way that he allocates his time is very confusing. 
Mm-hmm. And then I think that this ends up showing up in perhaps like I just I think maybe like he has like very poor time management. And I think that this is this reference like you're the type of guy that women wouldn't like is a pretty like Korean if not Asian thing where it's like mm-hmm. uh it, the 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 kind of standards for like the guy who will take care of you or the guy like the good boyfriend is not necessarily the boyfriend that expends his energy everywhere else because then like they don't have anything to give to the the few people who might really need it. So that's kind of how I was right. interpreting this. Um, but that is the guy that he plays is this kind of almost last lackluster pushover mm-hmm. <laughs> who did have the only kind of non, the interesting thing that's supposed to be about him is that like, he is a single father because he had a relationship with a woman in college mm-hmm. who hid her pregnancy um, mm-hmm. and then she ran away after she gave birth. And so mm-hmm. he just decided to raise his child on his own, kind of. Really, the child lives with his parents and he lives a little bit away from them so that he could continue working as a pharmacist. And this becomes another sort of topic of concern. like. For him, should he just move back in with his parents? Is there, could he just open up a pharmacy and and do this type of thing? Just really, um, but, and and that story too, I I found it to be really, um, what's the word, Kim? Like, just the weirdest way to deal with what it means to be a single parent because he's like Mm -hmm. such a victim of like extraordinary circumstances and the cruelties of like this woman who would abandon her child yeah i mean it's it's funny that you also like it's just not because it's like it's not enough somehow that like you have to it, it there's some sort of reversal thing going on in which like it's not simply that um, he's a single parent because the way that they talk about on the show, they're always like, you know, he's a single father. He has a kid. He has a kid. And they kind of just like, you know, they never, they do explain to you like what had happened, but the, it's like when they say that, just saying that he's a single father is like shocking enough, but somehow for the viewer, it's like they've got to throw on all this other stuff to make it like just exceptionally like, it's like, there was this woman and then she like left him. And then, you know, it's just like, they had to like really add on like how, um, how much you should pity him or something because it's actually like, you know, I think in a way it's like, it is kind of banal, right? It's like, he had a relationship. They had a kid together. They split up. Like, you know, like that's almost like not enough. It's like, they, like they really want to try and like, you know, you should feel really bad for him to really feel bad for him, you know? And, and it's, it's a little bit over the top, I think. I mean, for that reason. I think that it actually is so over the top that the show then doesn't grapple with what it means to be a single parent because he's yeah. really not a single parent. He's like, he's the not, victim his parents of, raised the kid. Right, he's the victim of extraordinary circumstances, which is yes. like, and so like him, it's like he is a single father on accident, basically, yes. is kind of yes. how it's presented. It's like, oh, this horrible thing happened to him and he's just kind of like living with the consequences of this horrible thing, this like woman who's like evil. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that I like, thought was really interesting that you brought up that he then he's only not a pushover in relation to her to the librarian's you know boyfriend and then becomes her ex 
I mean, those scenes were some of the most interesting scenes that involve mm-hmm. men just talking to each other because he says pretty point like the pharmacist tells the, the the boyfriend point blank that he was only really interested in going after the the librarian because he saw how mistreated she was by him yeah. and that she he wants he wants the boyfriend to understand that the he is someone to take seriously yeah. so like you know, my theory about love triangles overall is, Come you know, on, tell me. My love theory about love triangles are that they're really actually homoerotic in the mm. sense where, like, the woman is, like, a transitional object and it's, like, two men kind of, like, working out their feelings and finding a way to really, like, this is this becomes the reason that they have to constantly meet up and, like, talk yeah. and, and they get so emotional and aggressive because they're talking about this woman, but she, really she's, she's a... She's just, like, an, a transitional object for the two of them. Yeah. And I kind of felt like that fit really well in this particular show. Where, like... Oh, yeah. I think that definitely applies. I think, you know, because it it kind of goes from, you know, what seems like, yeah, like, oh, here's just, like, a love triangle. And then, of course, it moves into, like, woman as property. Totally. You know, the way that they keep, like, talking about her and, like sort of like who basically has possession over her. Mm-hmm. Um, and that includes, you can throw her father in the mix there too. And the whole thing is about her as property somehow. But then, yeah, and then it moves away from that where they actually openly say it, where it's like, no, I have to go talk to him or I will right. go speak with him. And because it's actually about him and I, yes. it's not about you at all. And then the boyfriend even admits it at a certain point where he's like, look, I just like, it's not about, it's not even about, you like it's about her it's not even about her it's about like i'm not gonna lose to you exactly I won't lose to you yes like and then, then there's like the whole class dimension thing too where he just like won't allow it because he thinks that this guy is inferior to him and he's like i'm not gonna lose to someone who i think is just like inferior. a total joke basically. yeah yeah and then so then we have that and then we have the father the father of the librarian who is essentially i don't know like he's so He's so despicable and and, and pathetic, pathetic though, but he's so pathetic. Like he's so openly selfish that it's a little bit jarring. Yeah. It's a little like so something I mean, he doesn't want his older daughter to get divorced because or so I we should also say that the boyfriend's father and the librarian's father know each other because they work in academia together. Yeah. So they're classic. both yes. classic. Classic <laughs> what happens in academia. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the boyfriend's father is the president he's, or the dean. Yeah, he's like the chair. They call him the chairman. Yeah, I think he's so like he's, he's like a dean or the president of the school or something. And then the librarian's father is just somewhat beneath him in, in the ranks. It's not clear. I don't think he's a professor, but who knows? Who knows? At no, some point, I don't think maybe. he's a professor. It's kind of like you know. I think he's some sort of equivalent of, um, yeah, like a cha- like if he's the president that he's like a dean or something like right, that. Right. And, and I think that, yeah, so so much of also why he continues to pressure his daughter or not even pressure, like he actually doesn't even have that much time with her. He just kind of negotiates all these things around her um, is that he wants, he wants the boyfriend to marry his daughter to basically secure him a position 
after his retirement that he has like a position at some foundation. Right. Kind. Which, which you're also like, just retire. Yes. I don't understand. The entire time Kim and I were like, so what is the point of retirement if you can't retire? Like, why do you have to secure employment for your retirement? What is that about? What, what is, is that, that about? about? But per, I do think that them being in academia together was supposed to explain why they were both so obsessed with image. So oh, yes. the, you know, the librarian's father doesn't want his daughter, his, you know, his, his oldest daughter, the news anchor to get to become divorced because he thinks that it'll look bad on him. Everything, all of the decisions that ever, the, his daughters make, he thinks is like in relation to his own image. And mm -hmm. the image question was supposed to be like, or like the image kind of problem for him was that he felt like he was kind of a public figure of like decorum or something. And then would mm -hmm. go home and like badger his wife and three daughters into behaving in a way that he felt like would reflect better of him. I mean, he was, like, a very classic, bumbling, like, you know, aggressive husband. You right. know, like, he he comes home. He can't do anything. Nothing. Like, basically, his wife, like, makes food for him, takes care of him. Like, very often, you know, he's kind of stomping around. And then we'll just be like, is there any fruit? Where's the fruit? And then she's got to, like, get up. And she kind of has, like, an exasperated sigh as she, like, goes into a cupboard and, like, finds a basket full of pears or whatever yeah. and, like, tosses it at him because he just can't, like, do it himself because yeah. he's just so incompetent. And and that's, like, you know, another dimension of just, like, how obnoxious it is. It's, like, of course, of course every other person in your life has to sacrifice in order for you to get this position at this foundation because you sure as hell did not earn it. You sure as hell don't deserve it. But you want everyone else to basically like, like give their lives right. to you so that you can have this thing, including, yeah, basically all the women. All the life. women. And they do uh, appease him. I mean, I think that there's yes. a kind of, he yeah. doesn't get it to the end. To the end, he is like the definition of a mediocre dude. I don't even know if mediocre, mediocre might be kind of a compliment, honestly. Like, I think he yeah. aspires to be a mediocre dude but really he's just he like can't seem to process information about anyone else other than his own feelings he's he's yeah. almost like outraged that other people have feelings he's like what are you talking about like i don't even know what you're talking about like only i have feelings like that seems to be like his yeah. conversations with particularly the women but sometimes even the men so yeah, yeah like the word i mean the, yes yeah. those are those are like the worst the worst scenes are right. the ones dealing with his daughter, you know, right. the oldest daughter who is abused, you know, when, um, when basically, so, um, a, you know, I think that the mother, um, you know, she's kind of complicated too. She has very conflicting relationships with her own husband. Um, and, but she does, I think, have relationships with her daughters and she finds out about the abuse first and um, as well as her daughter's pregnancy. And of course is like, you know, so upset, so unbelievably like, just like, she's like, I cannot believe that, you know, I like let this happen basically. And she feels so sorry for her daughter. And then also like gives her these like, you know, this like present to kind of say like, you know what, you're going to be an amazing mother and like tries to like, be encouraging to her daughter because I think her daughter basically is just like what am I even gonna do um 
And, but then when the father finds out, you know, he is just like, well, like basically blames them, you know, for like not taking their marriage seriously enough. And that this isn't, you know, this isn't what marriage is even about. Like it's not even about love. And then also just says that like divorce is not an option. Right. And that you have to, it is your responsibility to work this out. And then the daughter, you know, just like breaks down at a certain point. It's just like, how can you even like, she's like, I'm not going back to this man. We are getting divorced. And it's actually, you know, it's amazing because there was a moment in which I was like, oh my God, this is not going to end well. Like she's not, you know, like she's never going to get out. I'm like, this is horrible. Um, Because it's just like, you know, so often with some of these shows too, and the rapid rate in which we consume them, you're like, oh my God, like this abuse, this abuse. I'm like, you can never extract yourself from it. Like it's not immediate, you know? And it, and it just felt for a long time, like she, throughout so much of the series, she kept being like, you're, I'm divorcing you. We're getting divorced. Sign these papers, sign these papers. And then her husband would refuse. And so when her father was just like, you're going to work it out. I was just like, oh my God. I'm like, what is going to happen? And then she just like burst into tears. And she's like, your daughter has been assaulted. Yeah. Your daughter's been assaulted. And this is how you respond. And then it kind of, it's like, he's irrelevant. Like, she's just like, I don't fucking care. I'm doing whatever I want. Yeah. And, you know, goes ahead and, like, says, like, I'm going to divorce him and I'm going to be a single parent. And that actually is what helps her to, like, really empathize with her sister's position dating the single father. Because she's like, that's me. I, too, am becoming, like, a shamed parent or whatever. (laughs) But, like, I mean, I do. And this is something that we spoke about before. The father, the librarian's father. I mean, maybe a divorce is so unimaginable to him because he would literally die. He yes. would literally die if he was divorced or if, mm-hmm. like, he couldn't... If women stopped working for him endlessly, mm-hmm. compulsively, constantly, he would die. He doesn't know oh, yeah. how to do anything. He's pathetic. He's emotionally underdeveloped. Um, I mean, I think he's, like, a fairly classic narcissist. I oh, mean, yeah. that is, like, the I word mean, to describe him. His colleagues think so little of him as well you know it's like everybody kind of is just like oh who is this fool they don't invite him to like (laughs) gatherings and stuff the boyfriend's father you know the president chairman whatever his position he's always just like oh god someone has to call that guy (laughs) you know like it's just like no one wants him around um i think it's amazing though is that his wife the librarian's mother actually like after after all this stuff, um, like says that she's going to leave him and that she's going to divorce him. We never see it happen, but I'm actually kind of impressed that she was like, this is insane. Like this is where I draw the line. Yeah. She's like, I draw the line when you don't care about your daughter's assault. Yeah. Which is like an extreme line, you know, (laughs) it's like, I'm like, I also just want you to draw a line for yourself because you live with this man and he. You know, and he's basically just, like, ordering you around while you slice up apples in front of him or whatever. And I'm just like, I just, I want you to love yourself just a little bit more. But I get it. It's cool, you know. I mean. Everyone's got different lines. But, but like, we understand transformation is not instant. But nevertheless, if you could just, you know, a few things here and there, um, et cetera, et cetera. 
Uh, yeah, but she it, does go back, which I also was like, oh, come yeah, on. You're like, just please. pack up those bags, leave him. At that because point, literally, like, he'll just go hungry. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I, this, this season or this series did not have to be 16 episodes. Could have easily long. been one, two, maybe, maybe like none, <laughs> maybe none. I definitely watched it. I feel like three like, <laughs> long-ish episodes would have been sufficient. <laughs> yes. I mean... Anyway, uh, because I think that there was something so, like, irritating about the way that the show kept pretending like they were doing, it was, like, undertaking kind of, like, complex subject matter. But really, Mm -hmm. I actually thought they were playing with or just representing stereotypes again and again and again. You know, and maybe this is, like, where we move to the women and then never come back to the men unless we have to. But, like, you know, starting with the main character, kind of onward, it's, like, nothing you actually... None of your revelations are revelations. These are not interesting insights. Versus, like, I did actually think something in the rain had slots to offer. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, this is, like, a very classic situation of um, where I think, like, creators or producers, whatever... Um, really like they completely misjudge like who is the most compelling person on the show exactly you know and and it happens all the time where it's like you know you see someone cast in a particular way and it's like it's being set up like this person's going to be the main character and then it's like oh nobody actually cares about this person (laughs) it's not good and I feel like this is this is an example in which they kind of like made him like made the wrong choice but then just didn't pivot and just kind of like kept with it because the lead character is just so flat you know like i think she's flat in the beginning and her transformation is also kind of flat you know throughout and so you're just sort of like i you know this should have been about the older sister even like which would have been a lot of a like more of a harsher show for sure but it's like that transformation and like emotional kind of development was like much more complicated than anything that we get from the lead character you know she's just like this middle class woman she's literally the middle child she's like jan you know (laughs) and just like has like her sad bob haircut with her bad bangs works at a library very like just like non-dramatic real nothing burger kind of life yeah and and like her biggest problem is basically like ennui you know it's like we meet her and she's just like I don't know I like have this boyfriend I've dated him for about four years he's fine you know like it's just like no passion nothing but it's not like throughout the series suddenly it's like she opens up she becomes more complicated. It's not like we see her being someone that like was cold and becomes warm. She doesn't like quit her job or anything. Like, it's just like everything is basically the same. And she just chose someone who is more handsome, but kind of stable, a burden, (laughs) you know, but generally just like nothing, nothing really happened at the end of the day. Totally. And I think you're so right because I think it's a complete misreading that something in the rain was not exciting because of the guy, the main guy character. It was Mm -hmm. the main actress who actually made that show. I mean, he's eye candy and he's, he remains eye candy, 
But, you know, if you give him such a horrible storyline or like such an uninteresting show, he can't really carry it. Um, so then there's that. And then I, th I think when we first started talking about this, you mentioned that her, her biggest problem, too, is that she's like a deeply boring person. Mm -hmm. And the main drama of her life is like, do I choose this guy to marry or do I choose this other guy to marry? Which is like kind of classic. It seems like a little bit like very um, surface level middle class feminism. Like she really yeah. believes that her quote unquote agency, this thing that doesn't exist, is going to be decided by and through the man that she decides to be with, which is a completely different way it's very different from the way that like transformation worked in something in the rain where it actually had nothing to do with the guy. And in fact, mm -hmm. the guy left and she continued to transform. And so like, yes, partnership is like a, is a part of that conversation, but it's not central. And she actually understands how to like decentralize it, which mm -hmm. is like really interesting versus here. It's like the entire 16 episodes were just like, well, this guy is rich, but, like, he's boring, too. And this guy is, like, not that rich, but, like, really cute. Like, you know, and it's just, like, the, and, and, and I think that this is the thing is that, like, I am really interested in characters always and people mm -hmm. always that appear to have, like, a kind of normative, even heteronormative existence. But mm -hmm. then, like, the more layers you peel back, like, the more sort of, like, I don't know, like, isn't all of the complications the, the our interiority, essentially. But mm -hmm. with her, every layer, it was just like, it was presented to you, like, this is a very average person. This is supposed mm -hmm. to be misrelatable, miss middle class relatable. And the more you peel back this person, the more you see that this person is exactly the stereotype that you believe she is, which is she's just interested in trying to figure out who to marry, which is actually yeah. fucking insulting. And it's really like, a, it's a pretty misogynistic take. And I know it was written by a woman, but I'm just like, well, like, I don't think that that means anything. I, I don't think that like you're, you being a woman means that you're exempt from you know, misogynistic mm -hmm. fantasies. Um, mm -hmm. But like every layer, it was just like her being like, well, I think this guy is like more for me. And it's just like, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Oh my God. Well, yeah. And she definitely, she unfortunately actually, you know, just like kind of leans into the fact that she is property in this weird way, <laughs> you know, where, you know, I think that, yeah, like all of her decisions are basically just, is it this man or this other man? It's not, you know, in something in the rain, obviously like she chooses herself at the end of the day. And she kind of like decides that she has to be, she has to be the reason why she basically gets up in the morning and like cares about herself as a human being. And I feel like, yeah, she's constantly just like, should I marry up or not? Um, and she also like, I don't know. It's almost as if she's constantly asking for permission from different men in order to just like officially make choices in her life still, you know, like she has to go to her ex-boyfriend's father to exactly. like grant permission for them to finally break up because the boyfriend won't grant permission for them to break up, which is like also a whole other thing where <laughs> They talk about a lot where it's like, you know, she broke up with him. It's over. 
And he's like, I don't accept it. And somehow it's like, is that how that works? Like you both have to accept it? I don't know. <laughs> I think if one person is like, I'm done, I'm not dating you anymore. I don't think you're dating anymore. <laughs> but like she has to like, it's like multiple episodes where it goes on where it's like, he, like the boyfriend doesn't grant permission. So they're somehow still dating. She's got to go to his father. He doesn't grant permission. He's just kind of confused. Hires a PI to figure out why she doesn't, like she's trying to get out of this. You know, she doesn't want to marry him. Her father is like, absolutely not. Doesn't grant permission. Says you're going to marry him. It's just like, just make a choice, lady, and just leave. And she just, it, it's not really about like, it's just constantly her kind of like working within that system and being trapped within that system. And I think she just isn't like, as an actress and as a character, just isn't someone that like is willing to lean into revolution. Like she just is like, no, like, okay. You know, and just kind of like sadly accepts things as they are. And like, I mean, yes, it's like how many, she, and the, the Kim and I, we were ta talking about before that like the only times when we really actually liked her or thought she was really interesting is when she's talking to her ex-boyfriend's father. Like she's mm -hmm. very clear <laughs> mm -hmm. and she's very explicit and it really seemed like there were other things happening but then at the same time it's like you're trying you're asking another dude yeah permission to break up with another dude and it's like this is really confusing. This is very confusing as to why any of these conversations are happening. If there was sort of, and this isn't to say like she should be like an idealized character, but it's like, actually, I think this is a really good example of a show where the lead is a woman and the plot line is incredibly anti-feminist or like, yeah. or like pro misogyny all the way through. You can have a bunch yeah. of women and just still really, really kind of be woman hating throughout is like what yeah. I what I got from so much of this show that there's yeah well and you know it's it's such a disappointment in that way because there are there's so much potential I think for so many of these characters like again I think the older sister probably should have been yes. like the, the lead of this show and I think like the parallels between her and like even her mother dealing with their father you know like I feel like that could have been really compelling um, I think that, you know, even like there's all these really great women in the pharmacist's life, you know, like I think, um, his like boss, his like pharmacist boss or whatever, you know, she's just like, she's just like a very supportive, nice, like second mother kind of to him. Um, but it is like, I think it kind of strikes, um, again, of, like a lot of similarities between the pharmacist and the lead character of Something in the Rain. Right. Because they're both like these, um, yeah, these like men that also have had to like mature quickly, um, but then also are still inherently like really immature right. about a lot of things. And so he has like these multiple mothers basically that exactly. kind of like have to like help him with his evolution. He is also very repressed. Um <laughs> <laughs> I Once mean, again. like, it's almost like that's who they cast. They're like, we're looking for someone repressed. <laughs> Let's get this guy. Um, because it's a similar thing where he's just like, everything's fine, whatever. And then he's like, no, it's not fine now. And then he kind of just like, yeah, flips out at a certain point. But I mean, um, 
and I think we should I think we should both be clear that by like by having the main conflict in her be which guy do I choose and then have it just never re- leave that realm is just insulting. It's like insulting because the problem is actually not that complex. Yeah. Yeah, especially because also, you know, your boyfriend's kind of terrible. <laughs> like, yeah. He's kind of a psycho. And and unlike in Something in the Rain that they got rid of the disgusting boyfriend. No. You know, about halfway through, this guy just goes on around. right to the just bitter end. Around. Yeah. Obsessing and being crazy. Um, but I think, you know, what you're talking about is so clearly... Um, defined when she takes the ring he proposes to her the boyfriend ex-boyfriend i don't know i guess it's a one-way street she broke up with him and then he proposed to her after many 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 meetings that she has had with his father to be like yeah we are going to break up Apparently breakups, though, are just, like, interpretation, I suppose. <laughs> you know, it's like one of us def- one of us understands this as we're broken up, and the other one is like, absolutely not. We're for sure getting married. And so he he proposes to her, and inexplicably, she, I like, again, like, it cuts off, and then she, like, you know, the scene moves on. But she doesn't just tell him no in that moment. She takes the ring. You know, she takes the ring. She doesn't, like, say yes, I think, but she still accepts the ring, which I think is, again, like, a token of the kind of, like, life slash, like, wealth, you know, that she has, like, in her hand somehow. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll think about this. I'm going to take this home and think about this. As, like, that is the choice that she's making. Exactly. Which is, like, very confusing for everybody. It confuses everybody, and then that becomes, like, another thing. It's, like... Why did you take the ring? I mean, at one point I was like, did you take it so that you could pawn it somewhere <laughs> and then you could use that money to like do other things? I don't oh know. Like, you that- wish. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was that was my desire. You wish she was crafty like that. She's not crafty, okay? <laughs> I mean, she barely even wears accessories. Like, I don't even know what she's going to do with that ring. Like, <laughs> how did you know I was going to say like, and then she would go shopping and then come back with like clothes that made any sense whatsoever oh you know just i think that she subscribes to the idea that more money just means more fabric <laughs> oh my God. yeah so we we basically just had so many questions and concerns while watching this but then we continued to watch it why do you think yeah. we continued to watch this i mean you know sometimes shows can be like a slow burn You know, you watch a couple episodes and you're like, "Mm, I don't know. And then somewhere around like three or four, you know, episodes, you're like, actually, maybe I'm kind of hooked on this. You know, like, okay, I can get into this. I do think that there are like, it's, it's really, you know, I, I tried to imagine the the lead actress as someone else, which I think also helped because I, I think that it's not a completely irredeemable premise you know I I think that that it's not that extreme but there's just like I think that there were some tweaks that needed to happen and I think because she particularly is such like a drab person 
it just like makes the misogyny just like so much more oppressive like, heightened. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. it's just like, uh, you know, because it's like in something in the rain, it's like, yeah, she's like abused a lot. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, like this is really hard to take. But you can kind of like feel like something bubbling inside of her, or, like some sort of inner strength that you're yeah. like, no, we're going to see this through. Like she's going to, she's going to get it together, you know? And then I think in this one, I'm just like, oh God. Like, I don't, I'm like, you're so sad. Like, I don't know. But she also, you know, actually, I think technically is less sad of a character than yes. her lead character, you know, but somehow just evokes more sadness. I don't know. I mean, series. and I should also say, like, I did hate watch this, but it is still a, a better caliber of a show than the majority of the shows on in the U.S. <laughs> like, let's be clear. True. Um, True. Many, many, like, I mean, many, many there levels. There are still a lot of good lines. In yes. <laughs> Lots of good lines, lots of still ways to critique capitalism and even yes. heteronormativity and, and, and so forth. So I think there's a lot of potential here, but I maybe there was something about, and I wanted to finish it. You, I do sometimes yeah. give up in the middle. I'm like, I can't well, do it anymore. Yeah. I think one of the best things about the show is that it really delves into um, this idea of selfishness. Yes. Right? Like human selfishness. And they're all selfish to varying degrees and how we also define selfishness, you know, like in a sense that like, um, you know, is it selfish that I just like want to marry someone that I love? Yeah. Is it selfish that I want to be happy? Is it selfish that I don't want to be assaulted? <laughs> you know, is it like, there? it's just like all these different dimensions of like selfishness and like perceptions of selfishness. But like, you know, and I think this is like, you know, one of my favorite screen grabs is the father of the boyfriend who's just like, humans are all selfish beings anyway, huh? You know, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Deaf are, you're yeah. right. Um, but it's all about, it's all about selfishness. That, totally true. But I also think for those of you who are listening, you know. The tens of thousands that we know. The tens of thousands. <laughs> We should also say we're not there. This is not a two part podcast. <laughs> this is a one part. This is it. This is our one and only take about one spring, <laughs> one spring day or one spring night or whatever. And we're moving on. We too are moving on. We did have thoughts. We wanted to express them, but we will then move on to something else. Probably okay. crash landing on you. Yeah. Yes. Obsessed. Can't yes. wait. Yes. Since we're watching a scene right now where we're in the pharmacy, can we just talk about the pharmaceutical industry <laughs> in Korea? Because, like, there's, like, a very – I don't know what's going on in the show, but everyone just, like, takes a lot of vitamins. There's a lot of medication stuff going on. Like, this isn't, like, some West Coast hippie shit, you know, where people are, like, just drink ginger tea. Everyone's, like, you don't feel well? go to the pharmacy and they buy like bags of like pills <laughs> and everyone's just like popping pills. Uh, you're studying, take all these vitamins. Oh, at one point the younger sister steals a bunch of vitamins to give to her crush to somehow like help him study, you know, help him study. And that's, I guess a type of love language. <laughs> Stealing is a love language. Everyone. It's true. Also true. I mean, the the Korean pharmacies did remind me, and I always like going into um, pharmacies when I am in Korea, but it reminded me of like 
pharmacies like they always remind me of like french pharmacies or like yes, you told me so. about like canadian like oh, yes pharmacy shoppers drug mart yeah exceptional <laughs> pharmacy <laughs> versus like i don't think that the u.s for all of its like Ugh. neoliberal capitalism has any aspirations to make the pharmacy seem like a place to be oh or my go. god i everyone that knows me and IRL <laughs> has heard my rant about how disgusting the pharmacies are in the United States and how I will never become an American citizen until basically your pharmacies stop being disgusting. Like they're just they're all full of trash. They're like old carpeting. The lighting is bad. I just like I'm so confused as to why they're so run down and terrible. I tell you. The pharmacy, basically, in almost every other country, is far more civilized. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I am a, I'm someone who actually goes to CVS pretty often to purchase things, where I used to go to CVS a lot. Oh, no one goes to... People go to CVS.com. That's, <laughs> what, that's where we're going now. I have not been inside of CVS now for, like, at least three weeks. <laughs> Yeah, maybe more. Actually, I I just went to a CVS. Okay, how was it in person? Yeah, uh, it was very empty, and they had it was very zombie apocalypse style, where they had tables, you know, in front of all the cash registers, so that people could keep their distance and not poison the employees. Wow. Yeah, it was wow. very intense. But wow. you know, they had a lot of Easter candy if yeah. anyone's interested. <laughs> so the real point of this podcast is to leave you an archive of how. <laughs> <laughs> how, how the how the quarantine-esque worked out for us worked out for two asian american women in california <laughs> that's the real purpose um so we have been talking for a while and i think we could probably save more but i also want to make sure that we don't forget to talk about the thing that we spoke a lot about which is just the way that the character the librarian was styled Oh my God! It is and appalling. The, and the, it, is, it is so appalling. Everything about it just really underlined to me that this was like a low rent version of something in the rain. <laughs> you know, where like she. Okay, first let's talk about her palette. You know. Everything she wears is like an earth tone Ugh. of some kind. Very bland organics. Not not a lot of prints, really. I don't think there's any prints. Um, but she, I think this actress isn't very tall, maybe. And they just like style her in such a way that really accentuates how short she is, which seems really unnecessary because I don't feel like any of the actors on the show are like, you know, statuesque or anything but they make her look exceptionally kind of like stumpy mm -hmm. these like poorly proportioned giant sack skirts and these like really large oversized tops and i think that you talked about this in the last episode about how hard it is actually to get perfectly you know oversized things yes. it's actually really difficult to get that without it just looking too big and this is a great example of how things just look too big on her body the but whole they, time. They're like too big. It's like her clothes are they they the kinds of clothes she wears 
purposely it, it almost seems like she's constantly hiding her body which or hiding mm. herself which actually doesn't go well with the overall sort of how she's supposed to be presented which is this like very ordinary person who's very very ordinary who comes into like life as she's grappling with like the decision around marriage or something which is but then the entire time she's still she's is she always it's like aesthetic streamlining of like how hidden she is like she's just like mm. hidden inside of these sweaters that don't fit her hidden inside of the skirt that's like asymmetrical i don't even really understand it but like purposely cut that way so that she looks lost in it like everything like it's not like i'm a huge fan of things that just kind of hide you sometimes i think that mm -hmm. that's really amazing i love feeling like i'm kind of drowning in in some piece of fabric me too love it but just to see her just constantly in this and then yeah. in earth tones that like you know i'm a fan of cream i'm a fan of like colors and a certain kind of that i actually am not really a fan of olive green i don't know it's never really done anything for me olive i don't green is disgusting it's, it's um, a, i think it's a hard color for Asian women to wear, yeah. honestly. It's, it's hot so take, hot take, hot take. But I mean, like, she wears a lot of olive green and she wears a lot of that, like, brown, that kind of mucusy brown or whatever that's, like, not good. But it doesn't do any favors for her skin. But it's also the kind of colors that where it seems purposefully never new. Like, it seems like it's mm. kind of like, and I say this to someone who, like, only, only thrifts and, like, you know, you and I are like secondary markets only, but it's just like there was something about how like everything seemed like poor fitting and then not hers, but then she's wearing it all the time. So it is hers. There's no way to like not read into that. I mean, you, I think that you have basically like summed up the entire series where it's just ordinary. Like this, this show should have just been called like, people with lives you know <laughs> people with jobs like it's just like it's it's just everyone just kind of everyone looks normal you know everyone just like the scene that we're watching right now you know where it's like those are just regular jeans just a regular top from like fucking sears or whatever like everyone just has like regular lives like there's nothing actually happening you know and you know, there's like a scene in the beginning where they all ask, like, what do you do? What do you do? And they're like, I work at a bank, you know, like I'm a student, like everyone just just has normal lives. There's nothing really dramatic. There's nothing really like exceptional or strange. It's just people with lives. <laughs> but I would actually want to think that as someone who actually I mean, I think that this is like as a, a person with a life. <laughs> as a person with a life and a person with a job, like I, I guess I think that it's a little bit insulting to the representation of like ordinariness, or or maybe is that asking for too much? Like I think, do do, do is is is, a, is heteronormative hegemony so oppressive that like deciding who to marry is what really feels like transformation? Do you really think that that is? You think so, Kim? Okay. I mean, okay. I don't believe so for yeah. like, but I, I do think that it is for people. It is so <laughs> for a lot of people. I also want to say that when I mean, I... I'm like, you just go to Starbucks, you know, <laughs> like I need to go to Starbucks. I need you to go to like an airport going 
I don't know where, Wisconsin, who knows, doesn't matter. Like, I think that it's like, there are a lot of these conversations that... But I also just want to say one last, like maybe one last attempt at this. <laughs> that I know people... You need to think less of people. <laughs> that I know people who work in, you know, libraries, archives, yeah. people who study information science and library sciences they all look pretty amazing i mean it, uh, you, it the palette is not what we're getting so in the very least yeah i think that like well i mean i think this is also where it's just like disappointing because i think what i mean too about like how ordinary it is it's like the things that we like i think are the a framework that is obviously very familiar to us, people with lives, people that have jobs, people that are doing regular things, but then to elevate this into, you know, a type of compelling storyline that of course yeah. is like, this is our entertainment. This is why we're watching it. Like, you know, that's where I'm like, I am just perfectly happy for something to dip out of realism, you know? And it's like, sure, she's a librarian, but like, she doesn't have to look like any librarian. Like she can look like anybody she wants. Like, I'm fine with that. Like, I don't need it. You know, like, this is like, not why I come to the show is because I like, you know, it's like, that's already real. Like, I already know what that is. So mm. I think that in this way, it's just like, it's just so deeply ordinary. And so perhaps very accurate to just like what people's lives are generally in a very like non-dramatic average way interesting oh my gosh you don't okay. think so you think no no no, no. Like amped up. <laughs> no 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 i think i think you're you're i think you're right on so many levels but i just think like i think that i will just maybe always want more you know oh, and yeah. i think that that's what you're saying oh, yes yeah, you should want yeah. more <laughs> I, I want more i want more I don't even believe in representation and I want more from it. So yeah. like, yeah. Um, I, or like, if they are going to have a style budget, like why not? Why not give her like a proper fitting blazer just to like... Do you think that they have like a style budget though? <laughs> That's I'm such like, a you burn. you think the show got sponsored? They did go to Quiznos. <laughs> I think they went twice. Yeah. Twice yeah. did they go to Quiznos. Shocking. Yeah. Shocking. Yeah. There's there's a lot of quizzes. They do eat a lot on the show, actually, quite a bit. There's a lot of lot of grilling. Yeah. So a lot of late night eating. Kim um, Kim is currently watching um, my my love from an, another star or my love from the star, and it turns out that that is a show pre Subway in Korea. <laughs> so pretty exciting. But the next show we're going to talk about. They, there's a lot of subway. There's a lot of subway. Like North Koreans go to subway. Like you know, it's just like it is what it is. Everyone, you know, the things that we learn about North Korea every day. It's amazing. <laughs> Basically, all we know about North Korea is from this series. Literally, what else does anyone know? You know. Um, yes. Uh, is there anything else that I'm missing about the fashion? Oh, we do have a ton of posh Poshmark links. Poshmark is made for the show, as we discovered when we were researching um, versions of her sad clothes for you to require better, better options. Um, it's just Poshmark is made for. This is what I mean, though, about ordinary. I actually feel like 
she's just like perfect you know she's like a tom clancy novel or something mm. what was something the name of, what was the name of the the designer who just basically exclusively made for her made oh her ali golden bay oh. area i think oh, <laughs> yeah. fascinating i was like west coast i bet i bet this look is gonna work on west coast <laughs> like kind of hippie but not like yeah, sister wife. Sister you know? wife esque palette. Um, yeah, that is a West Coast yeah. look. Yeah, natural, breathable sister wife. <laughs> yes. Um, but so we will link those below, and maybe I mean, if you disagree with us, you can email yeah. us. We are ready to be proven wrong that this series is actually an exceptional show and, yes you know we love a rewatch i'm ready to rewatch if you if you want to tell me that the series is amazing i'm happy to go there me too mm, no that's a lie i probably <laughs> will never watch this show again i'm moving on i'm moving on i'm re-watching the other shows i'm not going to watch this again but if you have a different take i will read it and think about it and and yeah. I always want to know if there's a better way to read what seems like a dire situation, a.k.a. our lives. So, like, if you have a better reading, always send it to us. About our lives. About our <laughs> lives, too, you know. Something in the crumb, okay? So, like, <laughs> we're ready. Um, but the next two episodes will be on Crash Landing on You. We're so yes. excited. It's yeah. amazing. It's Please amazing. start watching now. It's on Netflix. We're going to stream them all. We're like recording these and uploading them and recording them and uploading them. So get ready. Next yes. week will be like really jam-packed. Yeah, we're maintaining a very healthy pandemic rhythm here. <laughs> Where uh, we do things in the morning on the computer that make us a little bit sad. And then we do things in the afternoon that also make us a little bit sad. And then we pretend like we're gonna go for a jog. Sometimes we do. And then we meet and record these podcasts for, for you. you. We don't really know who you are. So you could also let us know who you are. <laughs> yes, we would love that too. Yes. Um, but in the meantime, see you on Poshmark. <laughs> Let us know if you win a bit. Bye, everyone. Bye.